Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham. Are you looking to boost your self-confidence, manifest your goals, or believe in yourself more? Then this episode of Butterfly Kisses is for you. Rachel Joy and I discuss how creating the life and business of your dreams is so much easier than you think. Rachel believes it's as simple as trusting your intuition, taking action, and learning to harness your subconscious. Rachel coaches people on how to do this using several different modalities, one of which is called NLP, or Neuro Linguistic Programming. That's a tongue twister. Say that five times real fast. (laughs) NLP can be used to create change on a subconscious level, which can be very helpful for those who want to make lasting changes in their lives. So stay tuned as we learn more from Rachel about this NLP and how to use it in our daily life. But before we talk with Rachel, I wanted to quickly introduce you to another amazing woman, Miss Sarah Webb. Sarah is an author, inspirational speaker, and self-proclaimed spiritual activist dedicated to leading an intentional life, and she has a mission of healing the world one person at a time. Pretty big mission, if you ask me. Her book, Look Luscious, is a collection of poetry outlining her rise from the ashes after a multi-man rape, coming out of the closet, and getting sober and healing addiction through the power within ourselves in conjunction with nature. You definitely do not want to miss this exciting episode with Sarah. It's a very candid conversation about the strength of our spirits to grow from our life experiences and learn to truly love ourselves. So join me on Wednesday, October 5th at 9 a.m. for this amazing interview with Sarah Webb. But let me ask you another question. Have you ever tried to meditate, but the noise in your head, the chatter in your head just won't cooperate? It simply won't quiet down? What if I told you that quitting the chatter in your head is not the goal of meditation, that the chatter is actually okay? Or have you heard about meditation, but don't quite understand what it's all about, what the hype is all about, and you're not sure if it's for you? Then I have an exciting announcement for you. On Saturday, October 15th, from 1 to 3 p.m., I'm holding another in-person workshop at the Sanctuary Imports in Charlotte called Beginner's Meditation Workshop. During this workshop, you will discover a meditation practice that works just for you. Everyone can meditate, and there's so many different ways to do so. You'll find it very interesting. So join me Saturday, October 15th to learn more check out the link in uh, the show notes for registration. I hope to see you there. And please, as always, subscribe to Butterfly Kisses on Apple or whatever app you use to listen to this podcast. And then follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. All the links are provided in the show notes for you. And you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at butterflykissespodcast.com. This way you won't miss it when another episode is available. And if you like what you hear today on Butterfly Kisses, please leave us a review. Five stars would be awesome. I would love it. And also, please share this episode with your friends and family. The more that we can inspire others to share their light with the world, the 
bigger impact that we can make. So now please help me welcome Miss Rachel Joy. And just another thing, I love her last name, don't you? Everybody, please help me welcome Miss Rachel Joy. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit and talk with us. So tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about your story. I saw on the page that you, (laughs) when you were 19, you told your mom that, quote unquote, mom, I know I have greatness within me. I want to be great. I just don't know how to be great. Wow. Who says that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I was a very introspective, awakened little girl, I guess. That's a very good word for you. Yes, I love it. I don't really know where those words came from. I just know that I was desperately looking for a way out of the darkness that I was in at that point in time. I grew up most of my life feeling very um, lack of self-confidence, very depressed, very anxious, just very uncomfortable in my own skin at all times, really. Like I was either Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with myself or uncomfortable in something that was going on in my external environment. And so at 19, I decided that this isn't really how life is supposed to be. (laughs) And (laughs) God, I'm only 19. So I have a lot of life ahead of me still. And I don't really want to live my life like this for the rest of my life. So Mm -hmm. something's got to change. And that's how it all started. Wow. So what happened after 19? Who did you talk to? Where did you go? What was, what was the catalyst that got you started on this journey? So my mom has a background in addiction, treatment, navigation, recovery. She's a coach and specialist, recovery specialist as well, trauma recovery specialist. And so she knew the ins and outs of the industry of mental health. And I said to her, Hey, look, I know I have greatness within me. I want to tap into that. Help me type of thing. And I want to say maybe a week later, a week later at most, I was on an airplane to Salt Lake City, Utah to go to a residential treatment center for what was supposed to be 30 days turned into 60 days. And that's where it really started was giving myself the opportunity to have no distractions, like no social media, no phone, no friends, no parties, no boyfriends, and just be with me and do the deep healing work, do the therapy that most people don't want to do. They'd rather (laughs) run the other way, but instead run towards it. And that was the first time I say that I, I've ever known what true happiness felt like was that opportunity that I was given at 19. Kudos to your mom. She's a gem. She's a gem. Yeah. I I believe that we pick our parents before we incarnate into this world. And so you did good. Thank you. you. (laughs) I like her too. You did good. So what exactly is NLP? We had talked Hmm. briefly about that before I hit the record button on this. And what does that stand for? Okay. I'm excited to share. I always don't know how much to share because I'm like, let's keep this simplified because I can go scientific or I can go layman's terms. So let's try this. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So on the scientific side, what that's saying is neuro as in neurology, nervous system, mm-hmm. linguistic is language and programming is the programs of our mind. So essentially what it means is it's a study of the subconscious mind, user manual mm-hmm. to the brain, essentially. So 99.996% of all thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are being operated and run by 
our subconscious. So if you think about your iPhone, for example, how many times does your iPhone or your Android, doesn't have to be an iPhone, but <laughs> your phone these days is a smartphone. Every now and then it'll say, update your software. There's an update. You got to update your software. If you don't, usually most of us are so busy and we're like, eh, I'll do it later. My phone's, my battery's low. I'm not connected to Wi-Fi right now. Click, I'll do it later. Pops up again. Click, I'll do it later. Until eventually when you ignore it so many times, your phone kind of shuts down. Like the battery's not running anymore or certain apps aren't working. The screen's just glitching out and it's like, okay, fine. I'll do the update. <laughs> Our brain basically works the same way. We're constantly being called to update our software and most of us just don't. So then you're wondering why you're in a place in life that's not exactly fulfilled in the way that you want it to be fulfilled. You're in an unhappy career, unhappy relationship, whatever it might be. And it's because you haven't taken the time to go back to the programming that was initially installed, let's call it, from ages zero to seven. That's the most, what's the word? like influential time of programming, we call it our imprinting stage. That's not when all of your programming gets done, but a big chunk of it. You think of like what mommy and daddy tell you growing up or your parental figures or what society tells you, what culture tells you, what your teachers tell you. We as kids, we're basically walking sub subconscious sponges. So we just absorb all of that as truth. We don't have that critical thinking for ourselves yet. And so oftentimes we're running around the world today as adults with outdated programming that's not serving us. Mm -hmm. So basically the programming is based off of our beliefs and what we've learned. I, mean, I know as, as babies, we were born and we're like, oh, look at hands, we have hands, we have fingers, we have toes. Oh, it can go in our mouth. <laughs> so, and we're, and we're picking up on all the, these little cues. And so this, this programming, as you put it, and that's a really interesting way that you just described that. Very, very simplified and very, and everyone can relate to updating your phone. Right. It's so true. It's, yeah. essentially, it's the way it's a study, a therapeutic study in how you can support your clients or from a practitioner perspective, support your clients in creating change on a subconscious level. So there's different tools and practices within the study of NLP to create subconscious change rather than willpower change, conscious change. Like I want to go to the gym and we'll lose weight. Most people, for example, will commit on January 1st to get their bikini body ready for summer. January 1st, the gym is packed. And by February 15th, half of them are already falling off the wagon and no longer in the gym. It's because they're willpowering their way there. They're getting rid of the junk food from their cupboards. They're saying, I'm going to wake up early to go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym. Whereas NLP strives to create change on the identity level, on the thoughts and beliefs level, rather than the action. So who are you at your healthiest self? What type of rituals do you do? What type of meals do you enjoy? How do you prepare your meals? And then what are the thoughts and beliefs associated to that type of person? For example, a person who's trying to lose weight just for vanity reasons might believe that you need to work out because it keeps you skinny. Whereas a person who works out for pure health reasons might believe that working out provides a longevity and vitality in your life so that you can enjoy your life more. So it's more of an identity-based rather than action-based approach to creating change. So how do you go about doing that when you're working with a client? There's a variety of different ways. Um, so in a one way is conversationally, just speaking to someone, again, the language, the linguistic part, speaking in a way where the 
words that you're using can support a client in loosening up the boundary of a problem. And this can also be used in day-to-day -day life. For example, I have a toddler and oftentimes it's almost like a toddler will do the opposite of what you tell them to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep, yep, it's yep, like yep. you tell them to, oh, don't spill the cup. What do they do? They spill the cup. And that's because your brain does not understand negation. So for example, if I say to you, don't think of a purple tree, what are you thinking of right now? Probably a purple tree because your brain needs to go, oh, in order for me to, I'm being told to not think of a purple tree. So our brain thinks in images, pictures and symbols. So first it pulls up an image of a purple tree and that's like, but I'm being told to not think about that. So let me just wipe that out. But in order, what happened then and there, it had to first pull up that image. So for example, with a toddler, instead of saying, don't, don't spill the cup, you want to say, keep the cup upright. You want to say what it is that you do want rather than what you don't want. And that's where a lot of people get, go wrong in their day-to-day -day life. Like getting out of debt, for example, they're focusing, I don't want to get in debt. I don't want to get in debt. I, I, I don't want to get in any more debt. What they're focusing on is the debt rather than I want to save $10,000 to be debt-free. Mm -hmm. Different, same result, but different way of wording it. That's pretty interesting because I, I, I do the exact same thing. Whenever I hear the word want, I immediately change it to I can, or I will, or I am, because I feel the more that I say, I want something, the universe sees that as lack. Yeah. So they give me more, I get more of that particular lack in my life because that's what I'm asking for. Yeah. I'm asking for more lack. Another one is to do. Uh, or get oh. to like I have to do this versus I get to do this especially as entrepreneurs when you're super super busy and suddenly your business is taken off or you're getting everything you ever asked for and this can be related to anything in life really when you're suddenly getting everything you're asked for it's exciting and thrilling and you can be grateful but you can also suddenly feel really overwhelmed with all the things that that mm -hmm. comes with yeah so you can simply change I have to do xyz to I get to do xyz Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's very interesting that you bring that up as well, because even with this podcast, when I first started the podcast, it was, I did it every other week and there were certain people that were coming on and I pretty much had to go out and solicit people to come and be on the, on the show, which was totally fine. And then a lot of times I was doing my own podcast, which was totally fine as well. And now I have people who are asking to be on the show and I've gone to once a week because I have so many people, which is totally awesome. And then I started, I was like, oh my God, I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. And, got this. and all of a sudden and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is exciting. This is a privilege. This is, this is yes. so exciting. So I get to do all of this. And the more that I say that, the more I get excited about doing the interviews and doing the editing and doing all the things that go hand in hand with being on the podcast. Yeah. So I, I can, yeah. So, and it's just changing that wording up. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't even know I was doing that until you were just saying. Half the time. So NLP is really just language. So half the time we're, I say this about hypnosis. So all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's just a matter of utilizing your language, like consciously knowing how you're using your language to either create a change in reference to NLP or to go into a state of trance, which is a deep, deep state of relaxation so that your subconscious mind can receive the suggestions that you want to receive. 
And we're constantly speaking in what we call conversational hypnosis. Like it's just a language. That's all it is. So we're constantly doing it. I tell my clients all the time, we're constantly doing it. It's just that now you're aware of what you're doing. And when you're aware of what you're doing and when you're doing it, you can do it that much better and more intentionally. Being aware of something is like 99.9% of the battle. Yeah. (laughs) Once you're aware of something, then you actually have to do something about it. And then you have the tools to actually start making the changes. But sometimes you do things like just out of what's the word habit. Yeah. And you just are constantly, and you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. But once you understand, Hey, I'm doing this. Oh, okay. Maybe I can do something different. And then you make a change and poof, a different consequence happens as a result of doing something different. I like that. So why do people, why do we say things to ourselves that are negative or results in lack and need? Why do we get there in the first place? Why can't we just be joyful and happy and be peaceful well, all the time? Why, two, why can't we just start two there? Two things are coming to mind. The first one coming that comes to mind is because somewhere along the line, it was modeled to us in some way, whether we saw someone doing it or someone told us that's what we were, or some type of traumatic event happened where you just associated this event to this result or this identity. So that's kind of how these significant emotional events and subconscious beliefs become formed. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like the energetic universal laws approach as an adult when you have already been programmed. And the reason why I say is it's been modeled to us is because if you think about a baby, like a newborn baby, all it is, is pure love. Like a baby doesn't know right, right from wrong, which can be different depending on where you live in the world, what your religion is and everything. Right. So a baby doesn't know right from wrong or happy and sad. It just is, it's just pure unconditional love. And what beliefs it adopts is purely based off of life experience and programming. So then we come into adult life where we now have these ideals, thoughts, feelings, and beliefs around what the world means, who we are as people, all that type of stuff. And from the energetic universal laws perspective, I'm going to say that the reason why we have these things is for the concept of duality, because how can we know what happiness is if we've never known the the darkness, right? How do we know what light is if we don't know the dark, the good versus bad? That's even though those are still conceptual programs or values, there, you still can't have one without the other. You need both. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point because without understanding that the burner is hot Mm -hmm. and to stay away from it until you actually touch it. And I've actually done that once. (laughs) Everyone has it probably at least once, right? That's how you learn. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes you have to learn the hard way, which is interesting. So how do you help people to pursue their dreams with this language, linguistic, NLP, EFT? What is time? Okay. Okay. So now we're, okay. <laughs> one question at a time. I'm like, now we're oh, Sorry. I just threw a bunch of it at you. I apologize. Let's go back to one. That's what, so great. So what is time technique? <laughs> so how do we help people and what is time? How we help people is, for example, I'm going to speak specifically from my own experience. So I specifically work with female entrepreneurs. 
I am expanding it to other projects now in the coming months, but that's what I'm known for as of right now is working with female entrepreneurs to monetize their passion in the online space. And while I do the online marketing stuff, like how do you create a digital product or a digital service? How do you market that and build your audience? All those influencery things. There's the component of who is the person behind the brand that's building that. If you don't believe that you can have a platform of 10,000 plus followers, if you don't believe that you can actually be successful, if you don't believe that you can hit that income goal that you're looking for, then it doesn't matter how much action you take, you're not going to see the results. So how I support my clients is by, yeah, we do the online marketing, but while we're doing the online marketing, we're also looking at what it is that you're saying to believe to be true about everything that you're doing to create your business so that we can identify those limiting beliefs, those downfalls, those shortcomings, and create that change for you there so that you do feel confident, so that you do feel certain in your capabilities, your potential, and your ultimate vision of what it is that you want to create in this world. Because the people that I tend to work with, like, like attracts like, it's so much more than a business to them. They really want to create an impact. They want to create a legacy of some sort. And you cannot do that without peeling back the layers of self. Like you're just not going to be able to reach the potential you're meant to reach. We do that through coaching, like I said, and what is time? This is where this comes in. Time is time techniques. It's essentially similar to timeline therapy. So we all organize time differently in the context of our minds. Time techniques is similar to timeline therapy. So we all organize time differently. We all store memories in our timeline differently. And what you can use time techniques for is going back to those root causes of emotion. So it's based off of gestalt therapy, where, for example, one of my core wounds is not good enough, never feeling good enough, like not growing up, I was never pretty enough, smart enough, wealthy enough, popular enough, not enough in all the ways. So to be where I am today is a huge freaking deal, which is also why I do the work that I do. And so for example, in time techniques, if I'm having a root limiting belief that is stopping me from moving forward in my life because I feel like I'm not good enough, you can go back in time, identify when was the very first time that I ever decided that I'm not good enough. You can gather learnings from that experience, positive learnings that can then serve you in the future. And as you travel back to the present on your timeline, you apply those learnings to all the other times in your life you ever felt not good enough. And essentially, as you're applying those learnings, it helps dissolve and loosen up the boundaries until the problem no longer is there anymore. So now moving forward in my life, where I would have maybe, perfect example, actually, in a month, I'm stepping on stage for my very first 100 person event. In the past, I would have been like, no way, I could never do something like this. I'm not good enough. But because of all the work I've done, I can see this as an opportunity. Even if I don't sell 100 tickets, I am still a success because of the people that are there in the room, because of the transformation I am going to create. There's so many learnings I can gather from the previous moments of not feeling good enough to where I could never not feel good enough again, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. I just always feel enough. There's this intrinsic piece of worthiness. How does a person identify what that root feeling is? I mean, they know that there's something wrong. They're 
they're not hitting their goals. There's, they're not losing that weight. They're self-sabotaging in some way, mm -hmm. but they just don't know why or how, or what that, how do you get in touch with that root feeling, that root cause? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, it's going to be different for everyone because everyone's story is so uniquely different, same as their life experience, but it starts with therapeutic questioning, like just going deeper and deeper and deeper into like peeling back the layers of whatever it is that they're saying until you finally find the root. So if it's, I'm not good enough, it could be questions like, when did you decide that you're not good enough? Or how do you know that you're not good enough? How specifically do you feel not good enough? Is that 100% the truth? There's so many different questions you can ask. And as you ask those questions, they say the answer. And then you can almost always chunk it down to a point where it just can't be chunked down anymore. And that's when you know you've hit the root. Very interesting. So that's what you do to help them get to down into that root is by asking yeah. all these questions. Yes. And I mean, that's what a practitioner does me personally, because you said that's what you do for me. Typically my clients have pretty good self-awareness. So they're already in the entrepreneurial world. So they, it, personal development typically isn't their, it's not typically their first hurrah in, in personal development. So they have good enough self-awareness to know that this event when they were seven years old really affected them, or this is a limiting belief that's holding them back, or they really need to work on their money mindset and then I just dive deeper in from there. So how, how do you, how do they, okay, so we can, we, we get down to the root cause. How do they actually break free or how, how can they move forward? They've identified the root cause. Mm -hmm. They see it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the action steps that someone can take to move away from okay. that self-limiting yeah. belief? So multiple <laughs> so <laughs> multiple things. Here's the thing. Coaching and healing is not cookie cutter. It's not a one size fits all. So it's going to be different for everyone. I would like to note that first we touched on one of the things already, which was awareness. Sometimes awareness of the problem is enough for people. Other times it's so deeply rooted and attached to their identity at times where that's not enough for people. So in those events, there are tools and practices you can use to support your client or support the person in creating a more positive change on an identity level. And so that's where the actual formal practices and change work of NLP comes in. That's where hypnotherapy comes in. That's where EFT, otherwise known as tapping, comes in, where you can create these changes to adopt new and more empowering beliefs on a subconscious level, because we know that our subconscious is responsible for 99%. So if we're creating the change on that level, then it's going to be easier for you to stay with the change. So instead of giving up on February 15th, you're moving right along and you're keeping that gym yeah. membership and you're making changes because you're changing what's going yes. on. So for example, in that context of the gym weight loss change, summer bod ready, Rather than just taking the food out of your cupboards and committing to waking up early to hit the gym every day and willpowering your way there, it might be like something like you're utilizing tapping, which reduces your fight or flight response in the body, meaning you're not going to be as stressed. If you're not as stressed, you're not going to emotionally eat as much. It might look like listening to a hypnotherapy, a custom hypnotherapy session, talking about how you feel in your new desired weight 
What is your typical day? Like, how do you wake up? How are you nourishing your body? And, or it might be rewriting a limiting belief that you have like, oh, I could never, ever lose the weight. Maybe this person's a constant yo-yo dieter and they want the change, but they don't believe it's possible for them. Then there could be some NLP work you could do there as well. Now, what do you tell people who think that this is all wonderful and great, but it just, there's no way it can, it could ever help them because there's nothing that could change their patterns and their beliefs and they're just a lost cause. So two things, don't knock it till you try it, <laughs> like truly be an open book and experience it yourself before you just say no. The other thing that comes to mind is one of the, our presuppositions, which I call it the 10 commandments of NLP. Like it's rules that we live by as NLP practitioners. And one of those rules is that NLP is a do with process, not a do to process. So while I have all the, these tools and resources and education and knowledge to support you in creating a change, at the end of the day, you are the one who's creating the change. You are the one who has to be a willing, active participant in not only the client-coach relationship, but your life as a whole. So if the person is like, yeah, yeah, poo, poo, that'll work for them, but not for me, they're 100% right. And honestly, they're not somebody who I would work with. Very interesting because we, our thoughts make us right. So if we're, yeah, if we're saying it's not going to work, then it's just not going to work for us. That's a really good point. You're right. So how has this, you were saying earlier that when you were younger, you just felt completely different. And I was equating that to like one of my uh, growing up, the way I felt it was like a square peg in a round hole I just couldn't mm-hmm. fit nothing was working I just felt yeah. like you know if God handed out the rule book on life I skipped that class because I slept in or something because <laughs> I just couldn't get it whatever it was and everybody else seemed to get it but me and I didn't even know what what, what it was but everybody else seemed happy so I wanted it but... we're, the, we're the ones who actually had it all along we just yeah. didn't realize it <laughs> I was like wow okay I get this I get this But how has going through this process for you changed the way you looked at that 16, 17 year old girl or younger? And what would you say to that 16 or 17 year old girl now? Such great question. So it's interesting. I, one thing that I can see in hindsight, like now being on the other side, years down the road. I actually struggled with addiction. So I went like at the beginning of my journey, I was self-medicating, didn't have any other resources or tools available. I was self-medicating, went into treatment because that's what I knew to be true in my family. Addiction runs in my family. And if you are unhappy or unwell, you go to treatment. So that's what I knew to be true. And so that's how I ended up into the recovery field, entered 12 steps, all that type of stuff. So at that point in time, I adopted a belief that I'm an addict, you know, in 12 steps, you have to say, hi, I'm Rachel, I'm an alcoholic, or hi, I'm Rachel, I'm an addict. That's how you introduce yourself. And that becomes your identity to the point where I eventually stepped away with that because it made me feel more broken rather than empowered. That's a whole other story. But the point being is, I just thought I was an addict growing up, like something was wrong with me. I was unhappy and I used drugs to make me happy. Whereas today, in hindsight, looking back, I do consume alcohol today very lightly, like not a problem at all. And I look back on that and I'm like, you know what? I actually wasn't an addict. 
I was just a teen who was going through mental health issues with unresolved trauma and I didn't have any coping mechanisms or tools to support me. So that's, I would say how it was, has changed was going from a diagnosis to rewriting that identity. Do you think you for, you have forgiven that 16, 17 year old girl? Oh yeah. 100%. Would you change anything in your life? I mean, to get to where you're at now, now that you know, you're where you're at. It's really interesting. I say this all the time, whenever I like that common deep question, do you ever have any regrets in life? <laughs> the one regret I have, which has nothing to do with my healing journey is, I guess it does have something to do with my healing journey, but I used to dance competitively growing up. And that's honestly the only thing I regret doing is quitting dance. I quit dancing when I was 13, like when things started to really get bad for me. And I quit because honestly, my dance teacher was verbally abusive, like very toxic environment, like dance moms. If you've ever seen that show, that was mm -hmm. the type of dance teacher I had. It, it's absurd <laughs> that parents let, I guess they don't know what's going on, but it's absurd that parents let people talk to their kids in that way. So I was already lack of, lacking self-esteem. And then I'm in a dance class that's supposed to be, bring joy to my life. It was also a safe haven away from what was going on at home at times. And even that place didn't feel safe for me because I'm getting verbally abused when I'm doing something wrong by accident. If I'm offbeat, it, I, you get pointed out and you have to do it in front of the whole class all by yourself. And while some people that might be great for, for me with what I was experiencing, that wasn't. So I quit, but it actually dance was always an outlet for me. So I do regret stopping that. And I, you know, like for example, dance, is it Dancing with the Stars, American Idol, all those talent shows at 18, 19 after quitting, I, I watch, would watch those shows and I would be like, that could have been me. And I guess it wasn't supposed to because I'm here instead <laughs> and I'm okay <laughs> with that now, but it was really, a, dance was a big outlet for me. I can completely relate to that. Uh, there's, I was supposed to be in a beauty pageant at one point and I gave up right before the pageant, like a week before it was supposed to happen because I was so afraid of being in front of people and people seeing me that I just couldn't do it. I was yeah. terrified of it. And so I used to want to act and I did the same thing. I went for a few auditions. I got a no, no, no. Got my first yes. Went to that one. And then I backed out after that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I always created small catastrophes or small events that would happen that would keep me from being able to do certain things. Like I was supposed to be on a commercial one time and something came up and I wasn't able to, to go, to go do it. I had to back out just like you. True upper limit. Have you ever read yeah. Mike Leaves? <laughs> I mean, I literally, I just, I would create my own ceiling and yeah. I wouldn't, because I was so afraid of being seen and now That's I just now I do podcasts of NLP is to bust past your own ceilings because all of our ceilings are invisible and self-imposed essentially. I love that quote, bust past your own ceilings. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. That's the title of the podcast um, for this episode. <laughs> I had a feeling I saw you writing it down and I was like, oh, we just hit something there. We just hit something. Yes, ma'am. We did. We did. I love it. So if you could give the audience like one or two ideas of things or leave them with one or two ideas of things that they can do 
to help move them forward with creating a new lifestyle or moving past some limiting beliefs, what are some things that they can do today? Besides reaching out to you, of course, and setting up, setting up Uh, a session, but how can, how can they start the process? Two ideas. So one is an active, tangible, like process. The other one's more of like, here's an inspirational quote that I'd love for you to take action on. So the first one is you were talking about how can they bust past limiting beliefs? So there's a lot of change work you can do with a practitioner. Like you said, you couldn't reach out to me, but I also like it when you can create awareness and loosen up the boundaries of the problem on your own, because that's half the battle. So with that, there's a questioning process. I love giving people when they're doing this work on their own, it's just so easy for you to do. And that is first you identify the limiting belief. Then you ask yourself a series of questions. The first one is, do I know this belief to be 100% absolutely true? The answer is always no, because the belief typically came from one instance or some person that told you this. And that doesn't mean that's true in all instances, all scenarios, all contexts. So do I know this belief to be absolutely true? No. Great. What are the consequences of continuing to choose to subscribe to this belief? And I, in that point, I want you to like, make it pretty dark. Like, where are you going to be five years from now? If you continue to listen to this belief, where are you going to be 10 years from now? If you keep listening to this belief, who's going to be in your life? Who would you have hurt? Who would you have lost? What would you have lost? Like, where is it going to take you? Mm -hmm. Then am I ready, willing, and able to let this belief go? If it's a yes, then you say, what is the new empowering belief? I choose to believe instead you get that new belief and then you can either do incantations with it or you can take it to your coach and do some type of change work around it but incantations to back up because this is something you can do on your own is like supercharged affirmations so affirmations when you're saying I am worthy I am worthy I am worthy oftentimes people will say that affirmation and they're like this is really freaking annoying when am I gonna actually believe that I'm worthy And it's like, I don't believe this. I'm just saying something that's not true. And then they just give up or it just doesn't receive a change. The reason being is words are only 7% of communication. They're forgetting that physiology, body language is 55 and tonality, how you say it is 38%. So when you use your physiology, your body with certain actions, while you're talking with the affirmation and using your tonality and different variances to find which one feels true to you, that's when it's going to land. So I like giving my clients a practice of, let's say the affirmation is I am worthy. It's rating yourself on a scale of one to 10. It might be like, I am worthy. Okay. Scale of one to 10. Do I believe that? I'd say that was like a seven solid, but not quite. Could be, I am worthy. Yeah, that felt a little forced. I'm going to say that was a five. I am worthy. That was a nine or a 10 for me. So once you find the 10, you're then going to say it that exact way over and over and over again. And you make that a daily practice until eventually it becomes a part of your identity. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm worthy. Why wouldn't I be? (laughs) So that's like the tangible practice. Then from the inspirational quote, one thing I was taught or told when I hired my very first coach was that the transformation is in the yes. And so I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but essentially it means the magic 
that is going to come to you, the minute you say yes, when you claim more for your life in whatever way that is, when you make that first stance, whether it's a declaration to self, signing a contract to hire a coach, enrolling yourself in a program, whatever it is, that's the moment where time, going back to timeline and universe, start working in your favor to reorchestrate and organize things in a way that as long as you keep taking inspired action, you will absolutely get to where you're meant to be. That is perfect example. That thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Hopefully people have listened to that and have written those down and can hit the rewind button to re- to write those down again. Is <laughs> <laughs> that those were perfect. And I really liked your explanation on how to feel into the affirmation because I actually do that but I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Oh when, cool. See, yeah. I told you half the time we're doing this we just don't know we're doing this. Yes. I mean, that is really, cause I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I can believe this now. And it's usually, it, it's the tonality, I guess. Yeah. And it's, it's the feeling. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? I hang out on Instagram most. That's my favorite place to hang out. So my handle is at the Rachel Joy one, number one, please land in my DMs, say hi, tell me what you loved about this episode. That's my favorite way to connect is just through DMs. And then you can also find me on my website, theracheljoy.com. And I mean, I'm super, super fresh, but I just started TikTok. Exact same handle, the Rachel Joy one. I'm also on TikTok. Very cool. I haven't ventured out to TikTok yet. I might have to do that eventually. (laughs) It's apparently the way things are going. So I'm trying. I'm still loyal to Instagram, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You can tell which generation is who. I'm still on Facebook. So I'm a little (laughs) bit older than you are. And then you have the Instagram and then you have the the TikTok people. (laughs) Although my husband was really into TikTok and he's, he was way older than me. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where he fell in that line, but. Anyway, well, I have one other question for you, and it's one that I ask all of my guests, and so I'm going to ask you as well. If you have an hour to spend talking to someone on your favorite park bench, somewhere exciting, and it was, you could talk with anyone, whether that person be alive or on the other side of the veil, who would that person be, and what would you talk about? Wow, what a great question. It's one of my favorite ones. I'm just, I mean, I feel like the minute I log off, I might be like, no, this is who I'd actually talk about. But the first person that came to mind was Tony Robbins. He, like his events are what changed my life. Like I came to his events already in a good place, already recovered, already confident, not coaching though. And his events are really what catapulted me into who I am today and what I'm doing today. So that would be really cool just to have an hour and chat with him, all things NLP, success, life, wealth, mindset, all of it. That'd be really cool. Well, Tony, if you're listening, reach out to Rachel on Instagram. It's the Rachel joy one. <laughs> <Please Right? do. laughs> yeah. She really wants to talk with you for an hour on her favorite park bench. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. I've learned so much. And actually it's, I've already knew, I already knew that I knew it, but didn't know that I know it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If that makes any sense. You must be great at what you do. Well, thank you. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but yay. (laughs) I'm glad to know that there's a rhyme and reason to it. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you so much for joining. 
Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.